D-E-A-T-H. What does that spell? Death, 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 death. Ah, the Grim Reaper just keeps on reaping. It is trifecta time. I think we have two that fall, I mean, squarely into your dark period. I think we do, too. Like, in fact, I really in hardcore. Fact, I know we do. That's why you're doing this. You're going to have to explain this to me. Both of them? Yeah, I think so. Luke Perry? Um, him I'm a little bit more familiar with. I, You know, Luke Perry is one of those things that, like, Jake barely even knows who the guy is. But if you were around in the 90s, in the early 90s, and you were... Let's say if you're about 40. 40 to 45. 40 to 50. Yeah, but... That that was predominantly a kid show, I would say, like high school, was it middle school, dude? But I was in my early twenties and I watched it. I think that it. I think you would be shocked at the amount of twenty somethings that watch that show religiously, even though it was kind of set in high in a high school. Yeah. All right. What show is this? Beverly Beverly Hills Nine Hundred Two One Zero. Luke Perry was one of the stars of the ensemble cast. He was the bad boy. He was the bad boy. He was misunderstood. Yeah, he played Dylan McKay. Now, I didn't watch this show. I was not a P1 of, of Kinda this show. Kind of surprises me. Man, I was in college, and I didn't watch anything probably outside of, like, The Simpsons at that time. Star Trek? Yeah, 2 a.m. Star Trek. I didn't watch much TV back then at all. And, yeah, it was. It, it's kind of like you said. It was high school, and mm-hmm. I was out of high school. Therefore, yeah, any, trying to get away from therefore all that. anything that documented high school fact or fiction, I'm not interested in at all. Yeah, you're not amused by that again yet, right? Even though it was only those kids were supposed to be a year younger than me, I'm like, whatever, man. Over that high school stuff. Yeah, but they had babes in it. No, they didn't. They were okay at the time. Uh, I thought they were cute. Yeah, I guess they were Any like early '90s cute. Leave that. Uh, Jenny Garth no, no. was cute. Yeah, Jenny Garth was really cute, no doubt. Jenny Garth. Shannon was, Doherty was really pretty. I never got into Shannon Doherty or um, Tori Spelling. Spelling. Yeah, I like Shannon Doherty. Her, I liked really? later, not then later. Uh, but this show was it just it reeked of pop culture back in the day. You know, you couldn't get away from it. These these stars were bigger than life. You know, Luke Perry was, I think, the oldest of the bunch or right around there. Yeah. He was, you know, he's supposed to be playing a 16, 17-year-old. He's 25 or something like that. That's, I think they all were. No, you're right. All were around that age. I think most of them are in their late 40s now. Yeah, and he was 52. Mm-hmm. But he couldn't get away from it, and he tried his hardest. And I respected the guy a lot because... You know, he played kind of the James Dean he character. Was, he was the Fonz. Of, yeah, he was of that show. Super cool, super yeah. good looking. Had the long sideburns. You know, the at a wild time, wild one forever. Yeah, and you know, girls absolutely loved him. Young girls did, and he was not into that. He wanted away from the the Beatles mob scene. 
He was a grown man. Yeah, too. he was. He, I mean, you know, it, that's the thing. You go out there to Hollywood, and all you want to do is work. You want a gig, man. Yeah, you just want to work. And then you get a gig like that, which is a great, great job, but you learn pretty quickly that even though it's something that you never dreamed you would get and you're making more money and you're more popular than you ever thought you would be, suddenly you're that guy. Now you're kind of trapped by it. You're Gilligan. You know, you can't get out of it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we mention this all the time about guys not being able to go anywhere. Luke Perry could not go anywhere back then. And he bailed on the show five years in, just said, I'm not doing this anymore. And he tried to take more mature, serious roles. And he found some, but he ended up crawling back to the show like three or four years later and like, hey, uh, that didn't work out. I need a paycheck. (laughs) Yeah. But he was massively, massively huge back then. couldn't go to the grocery grocery store and not see a cover of a magazine without him and Jason Priestley on it together, whether it be the Inquirer or those teen magazines. And Priestley was like the safe one, right? Yes. Like he was. He was the boy next door. Yeah. And now Luke Perry was the one that I knew. He was. Yeah. Because of the edge, or I guess perceived well, just, edge. Yeah, just because he 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 was the name that you heard more than any of the rest of them. Yeah. For me. I don't know if any of the other ones hosted Saturday Night Live. I know he did, thanks to. The Gen X Chippewa for sending us audio of his 1991 or 92 hosting gig where he was the host and Mick Jagger was the musical guest. Yeah, um, I wonder what he performed. <laughs> dancing in the streets or something like that. Something weird. Uh, anyway, this guy was, he was part of, he's one of 10, 15 actors out there that really define the 90s no doubt he is i'd say he's a top five 90s icon yeah when it comes to television for sure for tv yeah there's there is no question about that and i i I, like i said i got a lot of respect for the guy because he tried to get out of it and and then he was in oz Mm -hmm. he was the preacher in oz right and and did he he get shanked no he got um killed by um they were building a wall and stuck him in that wall while That's he was right. alive. He got yeah, he got walled. Yeah. But, you know, he went on and, and now he was working for that on that Riverdale show. He did say that, you know, he was not going to do the reboot. I guess there's been a couple of 90210 reboots. Mm-hmm. These kids can't get, kids, grandparents, they can't get away from it now. Probably because they can't get a gig. I know Tori Spelling can't get a gig. And so they just keep coming back She's to this. He's got a lot of family money, I think. Dude, he didn't leave her anything. He didn't? No, that's like the big... Isn't that right, Ty? He yeah, didn't he cut her out. Complete. Why? Dude. Really? Yeah. It was hardcore. Very hardcore. She's doing like really bad lifetime reality shows oh, trying to make no. paychecks. Yes. Poor Tori. I know. So, but he's always been Let's the guy that said... Stock next year. That said... She might do it. Uh, because of Aaron Spelling dying that he would never go back and do that show again. And so they rebooted it back in 2008. They're rebooting it now, of course. Mm-hmm. And he was not part of the cast. He just wanted no part of it. He wanted to do his own thing and, and move on from that. He's playing Archie's father. He was. In Riverdale. Yeah, or he right. was. Yeah, in Riverdale. He's not now. This was his quote back in 08 when he didn't want to do the spinoff. He says, I'm going to be linked with that guy until I die. Dylan. And that's actually fine. I created Dylan McKay. He's mine. However, 
when you're in the professional acting business, you have to look into all these offers. And I don't mean anything bad about it, but creatively, it's something I've done. And I don't know how it would benefit me to do it again. Outside of a paycheck. Respect. You know? Same. Yeah. yeah. How old? 52. 52. And, you know, he had that massive stroke last week. And Do they know what brought it on? They're, if they do, they're not saying yet. Um, but that's pretty rare, a guy that age having a stroke and then just dying. You don't hear that much. He seemingly appeared to be in pretty decent shape. He, Yeah, he was. He, yeah, he was. He was also the guy that I remember the phrase, because I think on the show he had a heroin problem. On 90210? Is that right? I don't think it was heroin. Or something. But that's the first time that people started using the phrase, because it, phrases used on that show would make its, make their way out into the, into the 20-something crowd. Mm-hmm. And that's the first time I ever heard, he's chasing the dragon, man. He's chasing the dragon. That had been around for a long time. It had? Ask that, him. That can mean a lot of different things. I swear, did you not, would you bail in like three or four years yeah, into, into it? I want to say he had some sort of heroin problem. But he was also supposed to be in um, what they said was a pretty good role in the new Tarantino movie. The Charles Manson murder movie. He's such, he, he always struck me as one of those actors that... He would disappear for about 15, 20 years and then get involved with someone like Tarantino and be this amazing comeback story. Yeah. Just kind of drag him out of retirement. He does a just looks so much different and the character is just perfect for him and he know, very, al- very John Travolta. Yeah. He always did seem of all those people, you know, like Ian Ziering now is doing shark doof. movies. He's, yeah, he's, he's a terrible. Now. He's always been a doof. I don't know. I haven't seen Jason Priestley since like 1995. I have no idea what he does. Those other girls, they're not doing anything. No. They, they're un, all unhirable. He's steadily worked, at the very least, through all of this. And you're probably right. You know, Tarantino, I mean, Tarantino does favors for people. Obviously, people that he's got like little pet crushes on from his childhood mm-hmm. and he's helped out a lot of people i don't know if, if this is one of them but he's the second guy that um has gone down that was supposed to be a big part of this movie burt reynolds was the first and they haven't started principal shooting on it yet so they're having to recast the movie that sucks yeah it really does 52 had a couple of kids one of his son is a professional wrestler yes are you aware of him? No, I didn't realize that till this story came out. Till the death. He goes by the... Do you, so do you know this guy, the wrestler, though? Jungle Boy? Jungle Boy. I do now. <laughs> <laughs> He's not in the WWE. Okay. All right. Anyway, RIP to the great Luke Perry. Stay hard, Luke. Yep. Stay hard, Luke. Hand me the... Uh, audio cord over there because this next guy if that guy was in your dark period mike at least you had heard of him yeah you were aware of if you saw a picture of luke perry you would have known that was luke perry yeah this guy i didn't even know his name i just knew the band yeah you could have told me his name and i would have not known him at all no and i might recognize one song of theirs but uh the lead singer of prodigy keith flint now i always heard of them as prodigy but they're being referenced here as the prodigy. Did you always hear him in the 90s as prodigy? Sure. 
I mean, this this Again, man floated, I mean, way under my radar. Me too. I paid no attention to him. Or above. Keith Flint. Slit. Uh, Flint. Keith Flint has died at the age of 49, they say, by suicide. He was in Prodigy. He was the most recognizable figure in Prodigy. He always had like a like a mohawk and... Sometimes I'd see him with devil horned hair, and he always had this really, really identifiable look when you would see him. Mm-hmm. And the songs that he had, you don't know them, but you know them. Like this one. Let's start it over. Everyone at the ticket knows this song. I'm going to oh, fix yeah. it. I'm going to fix it. This is Norm's song. Yes, the Norm intro song. When I played this for you in the break, were you aware at all that this was Prodigy? No. No idea. I just know this is the Norm intro song is put together by Frito. This is Firestarter, in which the dude sang. But listen to this song. Listen to the beat and the drums and all that. All the Prodigy songs have this. Real hard-charging industrial... Yeah. They were kind of like cheesy Nine Inch Nails to me. Yeah. Man, these shows, I bet, were quite thrashing. I bet the crowd got after it hardcore. Um, you're familiar, Mike, with Smack My Bitch Up. Are you not? I don't think so. Yes, you are. I don't Is this think a I... clean version. This doesn't ring a bell right here. Smack my bitch up. <laughs> no, this is not. <laughs> Just layers upon layers of this. Man, I got to tell you, when I think of Prodigy, I think of the '90s online service. <laughs> Well, anyway, this goes on for a while. What about this track, Breathe? Yeah, I know this. Yeah, but their shows were sweaty. Oh, you see what I'm saying, though? They all have the same yeah. kind of thing. So is this what they call industrial? Kind of. He's a lead singer on this song, too. I guess. You want to call it singing? I saw Davey post something, Davey Lane, saying this was the loudest show he's ever been to. Yeah. Is he British or American? British. Okay. Is this guy Chinese? I know, Danny. He's British. Yeah, real sweaty and real exy. Strobe lighty. Yeah. Laser off. Oh, yeah. Shirts are off. I feel like I'm missing. Yeah, we just covered that. You feel like you missed out on this? I kind of do. I don't hate this. No, it's fun. I mean, it's super catchy.
But he checked out at the age of 49. They say he just ran a 5K in his neighborhood, like for his neighborhood park, like a little fundraiser, like the day before or something and like that. Did he kill himself? Killed himself. What did he do? OD? Hang himself? Uh, jump from a building? Shoot himself in the head? Uh, he was found dead he in his out home. in front of a car? Found dead in his, bridge. in his home in Dunmow, Essex. Drug us. Well. Right. They said, I can't believe I'm saying this, but our brother Keith took his own life over the weekend. They're not saying, but he killed himself, whether it was drugs or gun or whatever. He did kill himself. Damn. 49. 49-52. Stay hard, Mr. Prodigy. Stay hard, Keith Flint. The ticket. All right, a little Friday fun here. Um, It is the week of Michael Jackson, of course, after finding Neverland. And Danny sent me something a couple of days ago that... Man, I was crying laughing. And if you are a of a certain age, you certainly remember the great Norm MacDonald, who is still like, for my money, the greatest weekend update host that Saturday Night Live has ever had. Now, I'm really biased because I Norm is... Yeah, Norm's one of my favorite comedians. I've always thought That's that that guy great. was... Weren't you real high on Norm, too? I liked him. I, I, I think that that guy is just so smart about everything, and he's a true comics comic. And I thought that everything that he, that guy did was absolute gold. Jerry Seinfeld fav- loves him. Isn't he a favorite of Gordon, too? Isn't Gordon, oh, yeah. Isn't Gordon big on him? Yeah. There's just something about Norm, his delivery. His delivery, his simplicity, and the fact that he will run a stick into the ground and break it off. Yes. He's annoying in a way. Yeah, but I just... That's what Gordon likes. Yeah. I think it's a delivery for me. It just was always perfect. And he he would have a theme. Like like this Michael Jackson thing was a well that he went to all the time. Very much so like the OJ thing when we went through uh, (laughs) that trial and all that happened. there, There were two subjects that he loved. O.J. and Michael Jackson. And Lorne Lorne Michaels warned him about this over and over and over again. Are you sure you want to do these jokes? Yeah, Because it makes people uncomfortable. Yeah, it makes them uncomfortable. And Norm said that Michael Jackson was going to sue him. Yeah. To which secretly Norm always thought, good. Do it. Of course. He goes, I would love to be in a courtroom and there's Michael Jackson over there staring at me. So he was really hoping that something like that would happen. But, you know, we talk about now. Think about now the support that that freaking lunatic gets. After all this, he still has, you know, 70% of his fandom that are just behind him no matter what. And go back 20 years. Yeah. And this was before the trials that Norm MacDonald was going off on. These were mirror accusations, I believe, right? Yes, like no one really even talked about it that much. It's kind of like Norm was the Hannibal Burris of Bill Cosby in a way. Exactly. He was the one saying this stuff and nobody else would. Yes, and that's exactly what I thought when I first saw this. I'm like, man, back then that's not something that people talked about openly, and he hammered it home. So in honor of (laughs) the late, the great Michael Jackson, here is Norm MacDonald. On Saturday Night Live with his Michael Jackson. Montage of jokes. Yes. Well, there may be trouble in paradise. Lisa Marie Presley confirmed this week that she and Michael Jackson live in separate residences 50 miles away from each other. Lisa Marie was quoted as saying, 
I guess being married to a homosexual pedophile wasn't such a great idea after all. <laughs> hey, Lisa Marie Presley said that she and Michael are still together and happy this week. She also made a revelation that she is actually a nine-year-old boy. <laughs> I bought there. Oh, Throughout boy. this, you can hear the audience on SNL, going, who oh. typically on a joke, they're like, you know, they're over laughing at everything. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. All of this is met with kind of, <laughs> okay, you're freaking me out here, man. But, I mean, he's going after him at a time when nobody did. King of Pop, Michael Jackson, who collapsed during rehearsals for a concert last week, has been released from the hospital. Doctors say his condition is stable and continues to improve. Although he is still a freak. <laughs> While in the hospital, Michael Jackson had his room specially decorated with two huge photos of Shirley Temple. But don't get the wrong idea here. Michael Jackson is a homosexual pedophile. <laughs> Officials at the Philadelphia Zoo report they have actually been able to preserve sperm from an endangered one-horned rhinoceros. The sperm will remain frozen at the zoo until Michael Jackson comes by with a check and picks it up. <laughs> a check. The nation is still reeling from Thursday's bombshell announcement that Lisa Marie Presley was filed for divorce from Michael Jackson. According to friends, the two were never a good match. She's more of a uh, stay-at-home type, and he's more of a homosexual pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> this week in a secret ceremony in Australia, Michael Jackson was married for the second time. Asked what makes his new bride special, the King of Pop said, quote, She has taught me about the power of imagination, like imagining that a grown woman is a ten-year-old boy. <laughs> Yes, it is true. Michael Jackson is going to be a father. Already he has hired an entire staff of nannies, nurses, and extra bodyguards, which hopefully will protect the child from Michael Jackson. <laughs> and according to his dad, the three-day-old boy is a regular chip off the old block. In fact, he's already molested a one-day-old boy. That is the most... Over the top. Play that one again. That is crazy. so shocking. Yes, it is so shocking. <laughs> Talking about Michael Jackson's three-day-old boy. This is harsh. And according to his dad, the three-day-old boy is a regular chip off the old block. In fact, he's already molested a one-day-old boy. <laughs> During the delivery, the doctor allowed Jackson himself to cut the umbilical cord. Michael then took the cord home so that the elephant man's remains would have a new play friend. <laughs> Michael Jackson has reportedly stepped right into his new role as a dad, spending many hours a day with his newborn son, doing the changing, the burping, even the breastfeeding. So, well, Reader's Digest has released its 1997 list of the best and worst places to raise a family in the United States. The best place? Sheboygan, Wisconsin. While the worst place in America to raise a family? The Neverland Ranch. <laughs> That's it. Oh, this, that, it's so great. That delivery of the Neverland Land Ranch. Ranch. 
It's just so finite, you know. The great Norm McDonald. I, don't you consider that <laughs> well <laughs> ahead of its time? That's pretty edgy stuff. Dude, for the mid-90s. That is pushing the envelope. When, again, everybody still loved that guy and nobody talked about it. Mm -hmm. I like the production value in there, too. Oh, with the comedy whistle? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The ticket. So we talked about this a little bit on Thursday and Friday that we would definitely be watching coming to America this weekend to give you a fresh, hot review with very minimal spoilers uh, today. Now, I will say this. Coming to America scored the biggest streaming opening weekend of the entire past 12 months, I believe is what they're saying. It beat out. Amazon's film debut topped that of Wonder Woman 1984, which is stunning because I think that was like a Christmas movie, right? It was stunningly mm -hmm. awful, though. Well, I know. And then it beat out Borat. So Eddie Murphy and the gang, they got to be very, very happy with at least the early numbers. They're all Eddie Murphy, though. Every person in the movie was Eddie Murphy. That was quite the trick. So, all right. Coming to America... The classic Eddie Murphy movie from 1988. Here we are 32 years later, 33 years later, and he and the gang decide to make a sequel. With everybody who's alive, who was alive for the first one, everyone is in it. Except Eric LaSalle. Oh, yeah. wonder why he declined. He might have gotten too cool for that role. Unless he's dead. I don't know. I no, he's alive. No, no, I saw something, a quote. Somebody asked him, and he basically said, I'm not doing it. No, I'm not answering it anymore. Next question. Really? He was the soul glow guy, and then he was like the ER man. He went he real was, serious. He went legit. He was Lisa's boyfriend. He went legit. So now we find ourselves where our heroes are living in Zamunda the fictional African country that Eddie Murphy has uh, was a prince of. Uh, his father is Darth Vader, James Earl Jones. He plays the king of Zamunda. I guess the wife in the original one has passed away. She's gone. She wasn't in this one, unless she said no as well. No, she died in 95. Oh, my God. Nice really? going, Corby. God, go, she dude. was young because she looked really good, good in 88. Thank you. Uh, but James Earl Jones is still alive, and... Um, so they're trying to get him back to America, or at least the plot is trying to get him back to America. <laughs> there you will find Leslie Jones entering the picture, Saturday Night Live's own Leslie Jones, of some weird, drugged-out, potential <laughs> one-night stand. Uh, and so he goes back to America to try to find his son, and he needs the son because he's being threatened by a foreign country next to Zamunda. Some warlord. Next, called Nextoria. <laughs> Next Doria. Okay, well. And uh, hilarity ensues there. The son, I've never seen him before as an actor, but uh, his family consists of Leslie Jones. Um, uh, what's his name? I'm drawing a blank. Tracy, Tracy, Tracy Morgan, yeah. The great Tracy Morgan. And Why so, are you growing on me, Tracy Morgan? <laughs> so they, all, they go back to Queens and... Uh, dude... Don't say it. Dude. It's terrible. Literally one of the worst movies <laughs> I have ever watched in my life. And I'm not saying the first one was just this masterpiece. It had its moments. It was time and place. It had some good gags. But my God, was this bad. 
the barbershop, look, they should have made a movie about the barbershop. The end. Why? the? Look, I laughed out loud two times. I laughed out loud in the barbershop when Akeem, whatever his name is, came back, and they hadn't seen him in, for, in forever and <laughs> talked about all the changes that have happened. And he says, one of the guys says, yeah, man, we even got surgery now that'll fix them slappy tees that your country got. <laughs> Referring to the, you know, the yeah, National, National Geographic, Geographic boobs. Slappy tees. Slappy tees back in your country. I laughed out loud at that. And I laughed out loud at... <laughs> what's his name? Damn it, I can't even think of his name at the end. Which one? Oh, uh, at, uh, Randy, yeah, Watson. Randy Watson. I did yeah. laugh at the Randy Watson character that because point, that is just funny. It is. At that point, I felt it was too late. I love the barbershop scenes, but you can't have... There's not enough... They went there twice. Yeah, they did. And I love Randy Watson. And yeah, that's Randy it. Randy Watson's great. Oh, You liked it? God. Listen, I want to be clear here. Oh, my. You all right? We might have some breaking news. What? Uh, the Dallas Cowboys agreed to terms on a new contract with Dak Prescott. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I've seen that. I- just now. Let's hit the sounder. Well, uh, it doesn't. I There's mean, no details. It's yet. a it's a league. Uh, it's a Cowboys email. I don't know if Jory Epstein's putting it out now. A guy from the Dallas Morning News has it out. I there. know. Well, they're just reading the email yeah, unless yeah. somebody actually has some some specifics. They so they're saying they signed him. Yes. Yes. They no terms appear to be in agreement, but uh, we're going to need some insiders to give us some. Inside information, but we it may be time to do some mobilization here. Let me okay. Let me finish this, and then maybe we have to audible. Yeah, we next. do definitely. Okay, I just want to say that I was fine with it on the basis of coming to America. If you would just rewatch Coming to America, you would feel the same way. It's corny. It, it wasn't as good as I remember. I've seen it in the last year, and I liked it with my kids. Now, is it as I'm, good as I remember? No. I'm not saying this was coming to America. I'm saying this was a companion piece, and you, I, I find it very difficult to say you could love one and think the other was a complete oh. waste of your time. Oh, it's so... Now, it's, 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 there's, a, there's a certain nostalgia of uh, let's, let's play some hits here, and over here is uh, Louis Anderson and the dude from McDowell's, and over here... I mean, they're just... They're it's all just nostalgia, trying dude. to basically give you the the old movie with a couple new twists. I know, and that's not enough. That flimsy plot of the kid and him falling in love. What about and... Wesley Snipes as the warlord? I didn't mind him. He was ridiculous enough to be I, okay, but it wasn't funny. I thought a lot of it was ridiculous, and I thought they tried to update a few things where now the wife is kind of telling uh, Keem, uh, you know, go... Go find a bed somewhere. I I like the daughters. I'm not saying it's the greatest thing ever. I'm saying on the basis of coming to America being decent, which I celebrate, I think this was a reasonable 90-minute piece to go with it when we're all locked up in 2021. Hey, real quickly, it is official. Scotty Golnick has sent out. Agree to terms, further information and details at a formal press announcement on Wednesday. Mm. I wonder what time the press announcement's going to be. Wednesday? That's today's Monday. Right. You're good at calendars, dude. 
<laughs> no one's what ever told me this? that before, that I'm good at calendars. That seems like a... We'll look... know the numbers by then, right? Yeah, but Schefter has no more than anybody else, and I don't see Rap Sheet throwing anything out there, and everybody's just saying the Cowboys and Dak Prescott have a deal. Right. And uh, the... The what's uh, what does Jerry always say? The uh, the devils in the details. Okay, which which we will need and which will probably come out very very soon. But I I I just wanted to offer the the slight defense that coming to America felt to me like I was watching a Saturday Night Live with a bunch of self contained coming to America type bits. So, all right, now we're in the barber shop. Okay, now we're back at McDowell's. All right, here you know, just all here's Arsenio playing five different characters in the same scene. I thought it was fine. I didn't think it was the worst thing I had ever seen. I uh, watched Wonder Woman like two months ago. I walked out of Wonder Woman. I left the room. Well, And I finished this one. I'll give it credit. I did finish this. I, I'm not telling you it was good, but you can't tell me Dikembe Mutombo giving up his seat wasn't worth a, a chuckle or two. There were laughs. It was fine. It was like watching a Saturday Night Live. Yeah, Not the greatest thing, not the worst thing. It got me through 90 minutes. I also think that they were trying to, because Black Panther came out, that it was a little Black Panther-y. And you know what? Bit. Yeah, we need to go. Dude, we got we to gotta get into get Dak. Off of this. Let's, yeah, sorry. Let's, let's get on Dak. All right. Dak Prescott signed a new deal with the Dallas Cowboys. We have no idea of anything when it comes to terms or anything else. But he will be a cowboy for the foreseeable future. Let's dive into when to trade him next. (laughs) 